This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 12.06 is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where we will, I think, take a, a little light relief for the next hour or so, 53 minutes to be precise, before we hand over the baton to Sheila Fogarty. Uh, Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity to, well, just achieve the sort of intellectual satisfaction that's not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio. I also routinely offer up a cast-iron guarantee that you will laugh out loud at least once during the course of proceedings, otherwise you get your money back. Uh, what happens is this, if you're new to the programme, then, uh, and 220,000 people are um, over the course of the last 12 months, so for, for the benefit of those people, I would suggest that you pay attention. You ring in with a question that you don't know the answer to. You hear, when you're listening to your wireless, someone else ask a question that you do know the answer to, and you ring in with the answer. And that way, radio magic lies. It's like alchemy. Oh, or something, anyway. Um, don't be boring. Never be boring. So don't ring in with questions about baby pigeons or white dog poo or... You know, stuff that just, there's no earthly way. We wouldn't have covered it before or rejected it if we'd been doing this for 10 minutes, never mind 10 years. And um, the other, what's the other one? Oh, repetition. Yeah, but you can't be that careful about repetition anymore because there's some people working on this program now who weren't even born when we started doing Mystery Hour. And finally, motoring-related questions, which are usually dull, but again, as I become old and duller, I do find my fancy tickled ever so slightly by some elements of motoring questions as well. Uh, you're not allowed to look anything up. That's the only real rule. So if you're going to ring in with an answer, I'll ask you what your qualifications are. You don't have to say I have a PhD in applied uh, mathematics. Uh, but, but you do have to have a plausible reason for knowing this thing that you know. You might have just seen it on telly last night or you might have written a book about it. But the point is the qualification is key. And finally... The um, uh, highest honour I can bestow upon you, a Ray Liotta, is born of those qualifications. If your qualifications are unbelievably relevant, if, for example, there's a question about the Rubik's Cube and you are Mr. Rubik's, then you will get a Ray Liotta. That sounds like I've set the bar very high. It's not quite that high, but you get, you get the general idea. If we asked a question about space travel and Buzz Aldrin rang in, he'd get a Ray Liotta. If we asked a question about the film Field of Dreams and Ray Liotta rang in, he would get a Ray Liotta. Do you see what I mean? Good. Nine minutes after 12. Uh, let's get things up and running. David is in Shillington in Bedfordshire. David, question or answer? Hi, it's, it's a question, please. Carry on, David. Right. Uh, picture, if you will, you're, you're driving through the beautiful East Anglian countryside and you has a bit of a motoring reference there, but anyway, uh, you encounter fields full of pigs and in the, in the fields there are shelters that are a bit like sort of flatter Anderson shelters and my question is, do the pigs go back to the same shelter at the end of the day's snuffling about or whatever they do or like, like a pig house <laughs> snuffling about, just... did, you, did, did you write to me? I did, yes. I remember yes, this I question. I, I don't, and you've had quite a tough time of it. It's good to hear you sounding quite... quite oh, well, thanks. Well, this is a dream come true, I have to say. Set your sights higher than that, David, for goodness <laughs> sake. So do the pigs have little piggy homes or do yes. they just bed down in the nearer... I'm fairly uh, confident just, that just, they just go... Just rock up uh, in the nearest one. Yeah. I like it. I think I'm fairly confident that they will have their own dedicated 
Styes. Right. But I don't know right. for sure. So we need to, we need, well, it's not hard to work yeah. out who would know the answer to this. Ideally, but a pig it's farm. Important. It's important to find out. It is important yeah. to find out. And we, should, we accept that mission, David. Thank you ever so much. And take care. All right. Good to talk to you, mate. Ten minutes after 12 is the time. When you see those fields full of pigs and huts, do the pigs return to the same huts every night? Or is it first come, first served? Steve's in Southgate. Steve, question or answer? It's a question, sir. Carry on. Um, when did Halloween become a thing? In what sense? Well, I've you know, done a couple of pumpkins and things like that. Well, All Hallows um, Eve is, is the origin of it, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, uh, this is why I was saying in what sense, because when did people start carving pumpkins? I do um, not know. When did we start you know, celebrating it? Well, All Hallows' Eve was, 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 a, was a thing before we called it Halloween. Uh, in fact, I think, isn't Halloween just a, a version of saying All Hallows' Eve? Mm. All Hallows' Day, All Saints. So it's to do with, yeah, yeah it is. The first of November is All Souls' Day or All Saints' Day. Okay. You sound like you're not definitive. No, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you're asking. I'm not going to go definitive on this, but are you asking when did kids start making trick or treat and, and wearing costumes and, and carving pumpkins? Or are you asking when did All Hallows' Eve become a point in the calendar? Uh, more Halloween. Well, yeah, we're, yeah we're when did we start doing happen, this so. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Okay. When? I, no, not why, but when. I'll, I'll try and find yeah. out for you. I, I, it's, I, it's come from America, hasn't it? So that, that's going to be part of the problem. Is, is Do we go yeah. with where it started in America and then leached over here, or do we try and pick a date upon which it became established over here? I don't remember. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh... Older than you, 54. Yeah, well, I don't remember it being a big thing when we were kids. It was I don't. Penny for the Guy when we were kids, and, and Bonfire Night was the biggie in that week. But Halloween now knocks Bonfire Night into a cocked hat, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah Guy Fawkes. Yeah, yeah, Guy Fawkes was much bigger than Halloween. I, I, I went to uh, House of Parliament uh, the other week. Um, so I asked the same question when did that happen? Yeah. Um, but, you know, at Halloween. I don't know. Don't well, it. let's put it on the board. I went to... I mean, this isn't an answer to your question. This is uh, because I'm a great anecdotalist and raconteur. Um, <laughs> stop rolling your eyes at me, honestly. I, I went to America about 25 years ago. No, 20 years ago. 20, 20, between 20 and 25 years ago. And I couldn't believe it. I was staying in, uh, in Burbank. And... The hotel I was staying in was, was near a residential area. And I always go for a little walk when I'm staying in a hotel. Although, I've got to tell you, Los Angeles is not a place for going for walks, wherever you are in it. But anyway, I went for a walk. And it must have been in the week before Halloween. And almost every garden had a fairly detailed, a fairly significant Halloween presence, marketers might say. And, and I was gobsmacked by it. Now, my, my way around London, leafy suburbs, I see very similar. You know, the, 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 the attention to detail. The level of, of celebration that, you know, one, one of our neighbours a couple of years ago when the kids were, were doing trick or treat, one of them, had the, the nanny, had dressed up in um, full-on costume and, and came out of a shed in the front garden making noise. Making, it was actually terrifying. But on another level, it was also terrifying that people had gone to that much. It was an American family. So there's something in the American import, but whether or not it helps us get to a date, only time will tell. Amy is in Tooting. Amy, question or answer? 
Hi, it's a question, please. How are you, Amy? Um, it's um, why are chickens seen as a weak animal? For example, when you say people are chickening out or make chicken noises at people. <laughs> I, know, I think I know this. I think it's obvious. Okay. Have, have you ever tried to catch a chicken? Um, I've not chased after one or tried to catch one, but I've petted one. And then that was someone else holding it. <laughs> Uh, no, it was just a really chilled out chicken. Well, that, that, that was a rare chicken. If all chickens were as chilled out as the chicken that you chilled out with, then chicken wouldn't have become a byword for coward, would it? Because it would be no. a byword, you'd be chilled like a chicken. But normally, if you try to catch a chicken, the chicken will run away. Ergo, I presume, running away and chickening out became interchangeable. I'm surely most animals would run away anyway. You are, you're arguing with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm are you serious? Your... <laughs> are you serious, though? <laughs> okay. But a lot of animals would run away. Yeah, but we wouldn't have loads of them in our yards and gardens and streets and communities like we would with chickens. What about cats? Well, cats will come to you if you hold out a bit of food. Chickens won't. Perhaps. I, I mean, I'd be amazed if this isn't correct, but oddly, when, when I hear the tone in your voice from a caller... It, it now, <laughs> thankfully, my ego is slightly diminished from, from, from the bad old days. I now start thinking <laughs> I might be wrong. Because you clearly, I thought that was an answer of such uh, incontrovertible correctness that you would just bow down and praise me. But oh, you're, you're, well, not, you're not buying No, it's, it's fine. It's good for me. It's healthy. But you're not buying it. I presume that chicken is running away. Chickening out is running away. Well, um, yeah, hopefully somebody will have an answer. She's not having it, is she? Fine, that's all right then, Amy. You have a great day. I'll find someone else to say the same things I said who hopefully sounds a little bit more respectable or trustworthy than me. 12.16 is the time. Why is chicken synonymous with coward? When did Halloween become a thang? And when pigs sleep in fields and you see all those sheds by the roadside, do, do they go back to the same shed every night or is it every pig for herself? It's 12.16. LBC. This is LBC Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 973 12.19, uh, you're listening to Mystery Hour where we have questions about pigs, chickens and Halloween. Seems appropriate. Um, I also obviously have room for more, but if you can answer any of those, you know what to do. The number you need to involve is 0345 973 Now, I glanced at the location of the next call before I glanced at the content. And I suspect the fact that it's coming from Scotland means that it's going to be about Halloween because I'm already getting a little bit of jip for suggesting as, a, as, a, as an English lad that we didn't really do it when, when I were a lad. Um, elsewhere in these islands, I suspect that they did, just judging from Twitter chatter. So let's find out. 20 minutes after 12. Sean is in Edinburgh. Sean, what would you like to say? Hello. It's uh, the answer of the uh, Halloween question. Go on. So basically it goes back to the Celtic festival of Samhain, which is several hundreds of years old. Um, allegedly the Christian church took over the festival. It must be a couple of thousand. It must be two and a half thousands of years old if it's pre-Christian, mustn't it? Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. But of course that's uh, pre-writing, so nobody really knows how far it goes back. Right. Uh, but in Scotland, traditionally, and in Ireland as well, so Celtic areas basically, we've celebrated the festival of uh, all Hallows Eve or Halloween, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, we do things like uh, when I was a kid, we used to do guising, which is short for disguising, where you dress up in fancy costumes Guising, yeah, of and visit your neighbours' houses and uh, 
So it's spread from demand, it's spread from 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 Scotland and and Ireland rather than from yeah. America. I mean, probably it's like one of those. I love this kind of history. So there's a, it works with some words as well that we think are Americanisms, but it actually turns out that's how they were talking in 17th century Britain, and then we they yeah. exported it to America. Back in Blighty, the language evolved, and in America it didn't. So probably the fact that Scots and and Irish were so well represented in the migration to America means that they took mm-hmm. it with them. It, 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 it got taken up with alacrity in America and then we've sort of brought it back. But in yeah. Scotland and Ireland, it's been merrily buzzing along throughout. Yeah, very much so. And when I was a kid, we used to do things like duking for apples. So you'd put apples... See, that would be bonfire night for me. So I wonder whether the English, whether the Sassanacs actually adopted some of the traditions but attached them to Guy Fawkes night rather than Halloween night. Yeah. Very much so. I think England has taken it from America through films and yeah. so on. E.T. was when big we... on this. E.T. played a big role in trick-or-treat catching on among English kids. The Definitely. Film. Yeah. I like it. Um, well, you're over the line. What are your qualifications, Sean? Um, I actually am part of Edinburgh Skeptic Society, and we wrote, uh, or I actually wrote an article on our website this morning for oh, it. Great stuff. Give us a link. Give us a, give us a heads up. Give yourself a plug. Uh, it's edinburghskeptics.co.uk. We're on Twitter, Facebook, in the works. Skeptics with a K, if memory serves. Yes, definitely. Great stuff. Round of applause for Sean the Skeptic. 12.22 is the time. One down, two to go. Stephen is in Rill in North Wales. Stephen, question or answer? It's a question. Go on, then. Right, so um, a dog's front legs, are they classed as legs or arms? I know it sounds daft, but <laughs> it will it, it Not will a lot to do daft. in real since the sun centre shot, is <laughs> Not there? really, no. <laughs> no, no fair no, enough. <laughs> but, you know, the, the front legs, they still have shoulder blades, elbows, wrists. So are the they back arms legs. or legs? No, but the back legs have hips, don't they? Well, do they? What's the difference? I mean... It's uh, well, well, who I would, would class, class it? Legs, who would class it? But my it? wife says they're legs. Uh, my wife says they're arms. Sorry. So that's the argument, and she's always right. And I'd like to prove her wrong just for once. So you think they're arms? I think they're legs. She oh. thinks they're arms. All right, but who would make that? I mean, you said are there legs, legs or arms? I mean, that surely. I but if they've got shoulder blades, elbows, and wrists, knees and then toes. Well, then are they arms or legs? All right. Is it definitely called a shoulder? Dog's shoulder? We talk about the shoulder, do we? Not the thigh? Well, They've got four thighs, mate. They don't have any shoulders. <laughs> but they're classed as shoulder blades. By who? By vets, I'm guessing. Really? Well, I'm not a vet, so but I'm just... It's, well, it's, I don't think, man, this is what I don't things. know who would answer your question. You don't talk about an arm of lamb, you talk about a leg of lamb. It's the same with a dog. Yeah, well, I know, but it's it's one of those. I mean, I've, I've Googled it. Oh, hang on. Shoulder of pork. It. Shoulder of pork, Keith said. Well, you see, oh. you just, you just you confused yourself, haven't you? Well, Keith confused himself. That's par for the course. I, I, all right, you're on the list then, aren't you? So for, um, for quadrupeds, not just dogs. I think that probably distracted me slightly. Okay. Quadruped. I mean, they are called four-legged friends, but you're looking for a taxonomical or a technical distinction. Yeah, all absolutely. Right. I don't. I think you're wrong, but we'll try. All right. Okay. All right. Cheers, I think your partners. You. Was it your partner or a colleague that you were talking about? Uh, my my wife. Yeah. You're a good lady wife. I think she's wrong. My good lady wife. I think she's wrong. <laughs> okay. But but we'll find out for sure. All right. Well, I haven't got the courage to say that to her. So. Nice. One. <laughs> 
I like, no, right. the first probably very wise. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. If you have an answer to that question, um, twenty five minutes after twelve is the time, and here we are. Yeah, I quite like that on reflection. You do say shoulder report. Aaron is in Hampton Wick. Aaron, question or answer? Uh, hello, can you hear me all right? No. No, it's a... Um, sorry, hold on a second. OK. First time caller. You're hello. very welcome. Hi. Hello, that's my, better. My, my, yeah, excellent. I love, I love, love your show. It's Thanks right. for the voice of sanity and all that yeah, stuff. You're very welcome. Thank you. Um, I've been listening for a long time. Yeah, Good I man. have a question. I have a question, please. Excellent. I'm a bit nervous, but anyway... So am I. I will... So am I now. All right. Um, uh, the question is, are we any more intelligent now, sort of physiologically or, or um, whatever, than we were thousands of years ago? Are our brains any any better or, or more, you know, more efficient or... Um... Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I'm trying to listen to you, Aaron. Stop panicking about not being audible. Sorry, it's Aaron anyway. No oh, problem. Beg your pardon. But, um, that's Ooh. all right. Yeah, I just... I just wondered. Because, I mean, you know, what that, do you mean by intelligence, though? Um, so, so Homo, sapi- Homo sapiens, in his yes. earliest incarnation or her earliest incarnation, is yes. there some measure by which brain power is what you're talking about when you say intelligence, isn't it? Brain power. Yes. Could yes. be measured. Has it gone up since the yes. earliest days of Homo sapiens? I mean, I think it's gone down looking at the recent events of things, but... um... Do you know, this is very controversial. (laughs) I know that you jest. But actually, I I mean, my understanding of Darwinian evolution would would suggest that there will be a diminishment in the the average intelligence or fitness of, of a population when that population gets very, very comfortable. And I wouldn't actually want it any other way. I wouldn't want people who were born a bit stupid to die i'd rather they hadn't ended up in the house of commons i'm not going to lie to you Aaron. <laughs> but, but i'm not mentioning any names mark francois but there is <laughs> th- 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 but there is of course evidence that when you don't need to be that fit to survive then then traits will be perpetuated in the population that that, that in in harder times would have been sort of removed or excised but, but so, I, what, so necessity is the mother of invention sort of thing yeah Exactly that, but but whether or not uh, uh, there's been a physiological improvement is a beautiful question. I hope someone can answer it. I really do. Okay, thank you. No, you're very welcome. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. No, I'll forgive you over time. Thank you, James. It's no rush, Aaron. Seriously, you know, Rome wasn't built and all that. 12.27 is the time. Susie's in Farnborough. Susie, question or answer? Hello. Hi. Hi, this is I've been on the radio, and, and first I'm talking to you as well. Oh, I'm really excited about I'm a, it. Oh, God, this but... is so exciting. <laughs> anyway, I hope you can hear me. I'm out talking a dog at the moment, which is my business, but I'm going to plug my business right there. Okay, I do, anyway, I do need you to keep your phone next to your head, all right? That's my only requirement. Yeah, I've got earphones, ear, AirPods. Okay, okay, go. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, just about. Okay. Okay. Anyway, basically, I'm answering, um, it's sort of an answer about the pigs. Okay, because I looked after pigs once, and um, they were in a field, okay, and what I did, I had to move them because they were making a real mess. They were just uh, little babies and things. Anyway, I moved them for about four fields, five fields away, and down a lane, um, down a long driveway, up a lane, and then overnight, they actually trotted and made their way back 
through four or five fields again yeah. back to the place where they started. Very clever animals, Where they were Pete. originally. So I think... I believe that they actually do go back. Well, I do as well, but I can't. I can't. You haven't proved it, have you? Well, this was a countryside adventure. This was like Babe in real life. It wasn't a field full of sheds or styes, if you prefer. And the question very specifically was: I've got fifty pigs and fifty styes. They all chill out during the day. Do they? Do do they all go back to the same specific sty at the end of the day's piggery, pigging, pigging about? But you don't know that, Susie. Oh God! It was one little one. One. Let's make it miniaturise the whole situation. It's just. it's certainly compelling, but it's not conclusive. Oh, I thought you were going to be nice to me. I'm being lovely. (laughs) This is as good as it gets. I'll give you half a round of applause. All right. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Oh, just for pig-related <laughs> anecdotes. There we go. But uh, you can't. I mean, the question was specifically about those massive fields, um, and therefore the answer must be as well. I'm old-fashioned like that. Half past twelve is the time. Thomas Watts has the headlines. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. This is LBC. It's twelve thirty-four. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Uh, questions that need answers still include, do pigs go back to the same shed when they sleep in a field? Um, I'm always sort of a bit of a student of weirdos on social media. I got some abuse from a vegan for this question. I've lost it now. I think her name was Sue. Can you, I mean, how can there be anything? Apparently all pigs get gassed and I'm disgusting for talking about them being in a field. So there you go. You live and learn. You strange lady. Uh, when did Halloween become a thing? We've done that. Chickens, why did why has chicken become synonymous with coward? I've answered that question, I believe definitively, but Amy wasn't satisfied with my response, and so she wants it to come from someone slightly more uh, chicken qualified. And the dogs have arms. Don't ask. It's not as daft as it sounds. Prove it. All right. Shoulder of mutton. See? Shoulder of mutton. Shoulder of lamb. So how do you know that the front legs are definitely legs and not arms? 12.35 is is the time. And do our brains, are we, are we cleverer as a species than we used to be? Is there a sort of form of intellectual in evolution or intelligence evolution? I, I don't know how we'd answer that. I really don't. Because if we weren't that clever back in the day, they wouldn't have had the tests around to test. So you wouldn't have any records to make comparisons. Matt is in Bristol. Matt, question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Carry on. Uh, so my eight-year-old daughter just asked me, why do we have drinking straws? When did drinking straws come about? Did somebody just invent them or, or, or what? When did they come about and why? I, I know bits of this. They go back thousands of years. I, I think I know this because I think one of my daughters asked this when she was a bit younger. And, and they, the, the first straws would be grasses. Oh, right. And you, you, you know, so that you, you can suck through a straw. Like a grass a or type a reed of grass. Or yes, exactly that. Yeah. Um, and the reason that you needed them was because the drink, I think it's something to do with sediment, like ginger. You know, when you have a ginger beer and it's got loads of gunk at the bottom? Oh, yeah. If you go loads back drink, f- so you far enough the and they're, they're making early beer, you would have a straw so you could drink the liquid off the top without running the risk of having a mouthful of gunk off the bottom. But they I can't. Used drink, they used to drink beer with straws. I think so. Yeah. Do you remember when we thought that got us drunker when we were kids? Yeah. 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 yeah I remember as a kid going to yeah, you know, one, one a bag of chips and a, 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 a beer with a straw. Yeah. yeah. Put some aspirin in it. The um, 
the the modern drinking straw made out of paper that it was invented. It was invented by a bloke who was involved in the tobacco industry, but I can't remember his name. Okay. So so I don't know. I'd leave it on the board. Who invented modern drinking straws? Yeah. Yeah. But you're going to sound like Super Dad by just dropping in that stuff about thousand year old beer, several thousand year old beer. Yeah, she'll she'll like that. And straws and sediment. But what's her name? We should give her a shout in case she listens back. Sarah. Sarah, that is a brilliant question. You have an inquiring mind. I'm only sorry that your father was not up to properly responding to your question. I'm delighted to have been able to step into the breach and help. Cheers. Thanks a lot, James. Nice one, Matt. We still need a little more on that, the the, the modern drinking straw, if you like. Ah, splendid. Dr. Dog is here. I think we can work out which question he is here to answer. Vieri is in Rome. Uh, Vieri, question or answer? (laughs) Hi, James. Good. Which one? Uh, Actually, the the question is really not whether they're uh, classified as arms or legs. They're classified as paws, front and hind paws. Yes. But physiologically speaking, they are the front paw is shaped and built like our arms. Okay. So paw, paw applies the to the whole limb, not just to the footy bit. Well, actually, the paw is the last bit. Yeah, cool. I thought so. And the limb is the front limb and the back limb. But yes. at the end of the day, the front has a wrist, an elbow and a shoulder. And yeah. the back end has a knee, uh, an ankle and a hip. So the person who asked the question in the hope that his wife would end up looking stupid has ended up looking stupid himself. That happens often. No, well, you're telling me, mate. Seriously. That's a bad <laughs> I mean, I was hoping for a behaviour question, but still, I mean, that's the next best thing we'll, to that. We'll get, we'll get you some. You know, hang in there. <laughs> behaviour questions will come around. Um, so, yes, they are similar to arms. They are arms, effectively. Yeah, pretty much. Technically. They, well, they, they bend in the same way. The muscles are shaped in the same way, so they're pull. They have elbows? Do they have elbows? Of course they do. Yeah. Of course they What's do. the difference between an elbow and a knee? The difference is the way it's built. No, oh, I could have said that. The kneecap. Myself. You don't have an elbow cap, do you? You have a knee. No, cap. no, he's got me. No, the knee yeah, is yeah, attached yeah. to the you know the bottom part and the the femur, the, part, the high the part of the leg. And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> another <laughs> random nice little song. Qualifications, yeah. Vieri, Remind us. I'm Doctor Dog. Can't say fairer than that. Look it up. <laughs> round of applause for Doctor Dog. Thanks a lot. And thank you for the letter. I'm in the process of replying. It is twelve thirty-nine. Sam is in uh, Brasov in Romania. Sam, question or answer? Oh, hi, James. Um, question. Carry on. It's about apiculture. So, bees. Um, honey. Bees. Bees and the honey. Honey yes. for the bees. Anyone else thinking of Alison mm-hmm. Moyet when I said that then, or am I showing my age? Yes. No, just showing my age. Carry on. So uh, I can go to my local market and buy honey, which is from various different flowers. Yes. Um, they specify. Like yes, yeah, specified. Um, how do they how do they know it's from that particular flower? Because the bees can surely fly wherever they want to. Is there are there like breeds of bees and they prefer a particular? No, it'd be the taste of the honey, what? wouldn't it? More likely, I think you'd be coming at it from the wrong end. Maybe I don't know. So, but wouldn't but when I have lavender honey, I can taste a little bit of lavender in it. Yeah, so is, is that is is the the preference for lavender in that case specific to a hive, or is it just that they're they're closer to a lavender field, and so it's ninety five percent lavender, and that's good enough for it to be labelled as such? Or yeah, no, I like yeah. How do they know? That's actually a really good question. And there's a place we go to in Norfolk where, like you say, they've got seven or eight different types of uh, of honey, and I, I mean, but but the hives presumably are all. Next to each other. Not necessarily next to each other. They're going to be in a similar ballpark, aren't they? Yes, yeah, on one farm. 
Yeah, you're on. Yeah, I like that a lot. Nice one. How's Romania at the moment? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Well, weather's just turned. It's autumn. But, right. Uh, yeah, we're happy. Cool. Uh, at least you're not going to explode. We're going to explode yeah. later today, according to Marc Francois. Oh, dear. Well, hopefully it would just be him, but right. <laughs> if his brain exploded, how would we know? <laughs> how would we? How would we know? Sam, great question. Honey, bees. Uh, I think Rachel Venables has got some breaking news for us. I should invite her into the studio for Toot Sweet to find out what it may be. Before that, Trevor is in Kingsbury. Trevor, question or answer? Uh, an answer. Carry on, Trevor. About about the um, intellig- uh, the levels of intelligence. Okay. So, I'm going to, I'll try this one. Um, what? There's been a, I'll try to answer it. I'm oh. just a bit nervous. Sorry. Oh, okay. Don't okay. be nervous. Um, I'll try. Okay, so in terms of intelligence, and from what I've studied, um, there's a report that states that if a child was bought, was taken from pre-caveman time or caveman times and was brought up in school today, they would be just like any other child. Um, really? So, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I can't find the, the, the actual article, but I've studied, I was in my studies of psychology and psychotherapy, it was there that I read it. But the other issue is, um, there's a conflation between intelligence and consciousness and awareness. And we have definitely become more aware and, and conscious, if you like, over the last hundred years. I mean, we don't, we don't batter each other, you know, in battles with knives and, you know, swords. And we have more caring for our, for our society now than we have done in the past. So we, we're growing. There's a sort of growth in that direction that we become more aware and therefore more more conscious of ourselves and, and society, and that is growth. But intelligence, I'm not so sure. I think we're just as intelligent as we were qualifications? years ago. I've studied psychotherapy, psychology as a mature student, and, and <laughs> I could quote some doctors that I've, I've read about consciousness, like David Hawkins, people like him who have talked about levels of consciousness. But, yeah. hey. I don't know, mate. It, it, I don't know. It's the best I can get. I know, um, I love you for it, Trev. I really do, but I just it's not sounding definitive to me. I appreciate that. Uh, it's the best I can do because there's no evidence. There's no, they're all, it's going to be very hard to find any evidence apart from Yeah, but I'm going to carry theories. on looking. I know, I know. I know. Okay. Give, no, give him a round of applause. That's probably the best available answer, but it's half. Give him the other half of the one that lady got. Okay. There we go. I, I, nice I, one, Trevor. I love you. I do love you. I love show, you, mate. So. You look after yourself, all right? Well, there you go. 12.44, Rachel Venables is here with some breaking news. Rachel, what's going on? James, I understand that there will be no charges brought against the driver of the tram or any companies that were involved in the crash at Croydon, the cr- tram crash back in November 2016. You're nearly three years ago now where you'll remember seven people died and 62 people were injured. This, yeah. uh, Justin, I understand that the British Transport Police will be making a formal announcement shortly. You'll remember that an accident report out in 2017 said that that crash was probably caused by the driver using concentration during a micro-sleep. It was travelling far too fast, going at 46 miles an hour on a tight bend that was uh, capped at 13 miles an hour. The report also criticised things like the management culture and the poor signalling system as well. Now, the driver was arrested but subsequently bailed and for nearly three years, families have waited for for some sense of answers here, any sense of, of justice or some sort of conclusion. 
And I have been told now that the Crown Prosecution Service have decided the Crown Prosecution Service have decided that there isn't enough evidence, so no charges will be brought against anyone. It also now means that at last, at least, the families can have an inquest into their loved ones. They haven't had inquests yet, and that'll take place at some point in 2020. Any reaction yet from those families? So far, just real disappointment. I've been speaking to one woman uh, who was involved in the crash. She didn't lose a loved one, but she was hurt, and just I think real shock that it has a come to this and b taken so long for this sort of decision to have been reached. Rachel Venables, many thanks indeed. I, th- I think if memory serves, I'm sure I've read this in the last few weeks, the, the emergency brakes have been installed on these trams as a result of this accident. There were but, a number of... it took of, two or three years for them to, yeah, to, to, in their own words, I think TFL, TFL said we need to get it right. There were a number of safety recommendations and I think certainly after a year on, it hadn't been... Uh, installed, but they wanted to do a number of things like automatic braking mm. uh, was one of the things, something to, to monitor the eyes of the, the drivers as well and that would judder their, their chair if they ever fell asleep. Yes, that was also course. installed in the in the trams as well. Rachel Venables, uh, many thanks indeed. Time is 12.46. Coming up at one on LBC, Sheila Fogarty. As Labour launches its election campaign, a poll shows half of Leave voters feel betrayed that we are still in the EU on deadline day. Who do you blame? Sheila Fogarty on LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. 12.49 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour continues. Uh, and I remember what it was. about. I gave a, a little clue a moment ago. The country is going to explode later today, Mark Francois said. Um, the chairman of the British Brains Trust. So look out. And also, I forgot to say thank you to all the doctors and nurses who rang in earlier in advance of all the hard work you'll be doing later dealing with the aftermath of all those riots that are going to happen as a result of us not actually leaving the European Union today as uh, we were repeatedly promised would happen. Promised? Threatened? I don't know, but repeatedly, either way. 12.50 is the time. Melissa is in Edinburgh. Melissa, question or answer? Question, please, James. Carry on. Um, who is responsible for the convention of having your um, eating with your fork in your left hand and your knife in your right hand? Isn't it to do with being right-handed? No, because I'm very right-handed and I eat with my fork in my right hand. Yeah, but no, you don't cut with it. I though. get annoyed. If you needed to, if you tried using a knife with your left hand. Yeah, and it feels really wrong. Exactly. So the, the so the implement that does the heavy work goes in your right hand and that's usually the knife okay but someone must have come up at some point with the you know all tables are set out with your with your fork in your left hand probably and the your french knife in your right hand and yeah. that must no, have all right. yeah, 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 okay i mean i think originally you only had one tool didn't you you'd, you'd, you'd i mean not a spork yeah. but you'd have you'd eat with a knife forks forks probably came after knives you just have a knife yeah. and your fingers but yeah, okay, no, it is. It's a convention, isn't it? Knife on the right, fork on the left. Do you, yeah. when you lay the table, do you have to pretend you're eating sometimes to remember which way around it is? I, I, I do, yeah. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> me too, and I'm 47 and three quarters. The girls catch me doing it sometimes, and I've got to lay the table, and I've got, I'm sitting there eating an imaginary meal to remind myself which way around the knife and fork go. But anyway, we'll try and get Melissa an answer. Where does that come from? Thank you, Melissa. James is in Dorset. Question or answer, James? Um, answer. Carry on. Um, I'm answering about the pigs. Oh, good. I think 
Yeah. Um, I think generally they do go back to the same house, but not always. So oh. not the perhaps definitive answer you wanted. But um, Well, no, it's defi- definitive. depends upon the qualifications, not upon the answer. So what are your qualifications? What's that noise? Um, I'm, a, I'm a pig farmer. Are you, are you at work at the moment? Um, yes, I am at work at the moment, but not near any pigs. Oh, was this just something on the line then? It must just be a bad fight. It sounds like a pig. I'm in the middle of a field, but there's no noise here at all. And do you keep pigs in fields with sheds? Yes, with pig arcs, they're called. Pig arcs. And, well, that's yeah. definitive. What do you I mean? Why are you apologising? Well, I was trying to think for the time I was on hold whether they do and they, or whether they don't. But generally, if they're with their mothers, they'll always go back to the same pig ark. Um, but if you put five pig arcs in, the mothers might suddenly decide to move pig arcs and they'll all move around. So they have a, they have a home... But they're quite upwardly mobile, pigwardly mobile. Yeah. I love that. And you are. Yeah. How many pigs have you got? Uh, we've got about two hundred Tamworth, all oh. re- uh, native breed Tamworth. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Down in Dorset, nice in the mud. And now you've got a round of applause. Fresh, a fresh box, fresh mystery. A round of applause for Jay. Thank you. Oh, beautifully done. It's got quite, got quite a nice sort of um, animally feel today, mystery. I like it. John's in Manchester. John, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Can I answer the B question? The oh, the, the B point? question is being answered from Manchester. This, this, this warms the cockles of my heart, John. It, it almost is symmetrical, the isn't it? Just a thing of absolute poetic beauty. Carry on. Um, it actually depends on the, the bees will forage for whatever's around them. Yes. So if you put a beehive in a field of lavender or near lavender, you will do, you will have lavender honey. Yes. Um, that's pretty much it. They'll forage within about a three-mile radius. So the beekeeper just knows, and he deliberately places the hive in order to increase the chance of getting acacia or lavender or, or, or whatever Absolutely. it may be. And so at the beginning of the season, they'll put everything there, oilseed rapes, the big yellow fields that you see. That'll, yes. that'll be oilseed rape honey that they'll get from there. What and sort of honey does that make? Oilseed rape honey. No, I know, but how does it taste? What's it like on the tongue? It's quite- it's quite light, I believe. It's okay. not, we don't have much of it in Manchester. Well, so you wouldn't advertise that, though. I mean, if I'm down the farmer's market uh, 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 and, and I see oilseed rape honey, I'm not going to buy it, mate, like I would buy uh, you lavender. Would, you honey. would advertise it as local honey. Local honey, know. which That's is good for, your, good for your allergies. If you've got hay fever, it's the thing to have. In the same way, actually, that when you buy vegetable oil, it's usually going to be oilseed rape, but they just Canola. call it vegetable oil. Yeah, because it, it sounds somehow more appetising to call it vegetable yep. oil than it does for oil seed. I love that. What are your qualifications? I'm a beekeeper. Are you really? I am. What's your favourite, honey, then? What's your favourite flower? Um, I don't have... I don't live anywhere near where there's monofl- uh, monoculture, so it's pretty a real mixture. So mine is all whatever the, in the three-mile radius the local gardeners have planted. And so you can't, you, you, you can't engineer your, your, your honey by, uh, by geography, nor would you need to. No. It's, it's, it's lovely. It, Do you know, while you're on, uh, the, 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 anybody in Manchester, the bee thing is, is the, the worker bee. It's the symbol of Manchester. Mm-hmm. But, but I was in Affleck's Palace a couple of weekends ago, and they, there's a little stall in there. It's selling some lovely bee prints for, 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 for children, for trousers and, and skirts and dresses. It just seems like an opportune moment to direct some trade in there. In there Affleck's uh, Palace is where everyone spent their, their, their student years. When Mate, they I, no, I took the 13-year-old. And when I was 16, I walked in there and I felt finally I'd sort of... Blimey, there's people like me around. You know, this is sort of rosy-cheeked public schoolboy. Suddenly, feels a sense of kinship in a in a in a, in, in, in Affleck's palace. But it, so I took the thirteen-year-old. It was lovely, actually. It was really, really nice. It hasn't changed at all. It's probably the only thing in Manchester that hasn't changed since nineteen eighty-eight, isn't it? 
That's the thing to do. If you want to get your postcards, uh, you know, of, of postcards or indeed your B your B printed dresses, and there's an amazing ice cream parlour in there now as well. That was new. They've got some astonishing uh, quality on sale. But anyway, we digress. Round of applause for John, please. John, the beekeeper. Daniel, twelve fifty-six. Glenn's in Basildon. Glenn, question or answer? Answer, mate. Folks, <laughs> steady on. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, mate. Right. <laughs> folks, why do we why do we use our folks on the left hand, basically? Yeah. So the folk never arrived in the UK until about the 1600s. Just knives uh, before that. Just knives and spoons. Yeah. People generally cut with their right hand, held the mixed table, either with their hand, or they'd use a single prong tool known as a poker. Yes. Uh, to hold, uh, basically stilts back, to hold their food steady. When the folk arrived, even at first, they didn't really eat with it because it was just a two-prong fork. It was just a more stable way Where of holding your meat from? steady while you cut it. Uh, the, the continent. Did it? As far as that, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, they've, they've been I around in sort of Europe since about the 1400s. Yes. So probably Italy, actually. It's not, and they might have no, imported it from Turkey like, for all yeah, I know. But, yeah. yes. you know, it's, it's one of the things that I, I don't know Pasta. that much about. But I know in the UK, we, hold, we generally hold the fork in the right-hand side, or the left, in the left hand, because it was originally designed just to hold your mix steady. You didn't actually eat with it. Um, and to, the, and to, to your call, I'm, I'm the same way. I actually cut my meat with my left hand and eat with my, eat the fork with my right, because I'm back to front. Yeah, so, no, well, that, that yeah. is it. I mean, another one here, yeah. I'm right-handed. I hold the fork in my right hand and the knife in my yeah. left hand. So it was it was physiognomy. It was the, 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 the efficiency of, yeah. of tool usage. And then yeah, the fork yeah, arrived, much, yeah. so it, it, it slipped into the left-hand side because you it, had the... In fact, in some parts of America, they actually cut with their right hand and then switched their fork to their right hand and eat with a fork. So, and that's that's a re- that's from the sort of like the 1700s. That's another one, one of those things. So we'd no, look down we'd... our noses as that at that with our Victorian our Victorian yeah. obsession with table manners. But they would actually be eating in a more authentically English way than we are. Pretty much. Yep. I yep. love that. Oh, Qualifications. Yeah. I'm just a massive fan of history, James. That'll do nicely. Where did you pick this one up? Can you remember? Sorry. Where did oh, you I don't p- know now. No, that's all probably right. about six or seven. Yeah, maybe. That's all there. The so it's all, it's yeah. all there. It's got you this. Nice work, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, no Ray Liotis today, which is just as well, because I think possibly I've been giving them out a little bit too freely in recent weeks. We're squeezing Chloe and Teddington. I, I, I think we've already answered the Halloween question, Chloe, so um, we shall, I think, pat ourselves on the back for a very good day's work. We do kind of the evolution of intelligence. Halloween, chicken. Chicken's running away. No one confirmed that. So I'll give me a round of applause, Keith. Thank you. Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Please, thank you. And while we're playing around with sound effects, I would like to dedicate the next one to Mark Pudding Francois, who, of course, warned that if we didn't leave the European Union on October the 31st, this country will explode. Marky baby, this is for you. Stay safe. Here's Sheila Fogarty.